Jerome Powell said something that was really quite blockheaded. Uh, he said that in the long run, this is a threat. But is the national debt a danger to the economy, in your view? In the long run, the U.S. is on an unsustainable fiscal path. The U.S. federal government is on an unsustainable fiscal path. And that just means that the debt is growing faster than the economy. Well, the long run, I believe, applies to this calendar year. The long run is now. The long run is the next few months. It's not a decade or two away. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. That was Jim Willie with the truth about where we stand right now on February 12th, 2024, standing at the absolute precipice of hyperinflationary Great Depression. And guess what? They can't hide it or camouflage it any longer. Before we begin this one, an important word from an important sponsor. Have you guys taken a good look at the banks lately? On the surface, everything looks fine, but there's a whole lot more going on underneath. It's like looking under the hood of a car and finding nothing but a mess of broken wires and parts. Debt is hitting a record high. It's really scary when you stop and think about it. Why risk your money for a tiny return when things are so shaky? This is where Noble Gold Investments can help. The money printing is never going to end. And Noble Gold Investments is like a friend who knows about keeping money safe. And they suggest gold and silver. Now keep in mind, there's always a risk of investment and there's no guarantee, but they do have a sweet deal, a free one quarter ounce gold standard gold coin this month if you qualify. If you're curious, just give them a call right now at 877-646-5347 and tell them SGT Report sent you. It's just a chat, no pressure, but they'll help you figure out if gold and silver are right for you. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com and take the first step toward a safer financial future. 877-646-5347. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report. Did you watch the Mediocre Bowl yesterday? Did you watch the Taylor Swift Kelsey PSYOP? Did you watch as one person in her entourage who goes by the Satanic name, really, Ice Spice, the woman in the orange hair. Did you see her make her satanic hand signals for the whole world to see as Taylor chugged a beer for all of her teen Swifties to see? Check this out. So that's Ice Spice in the background, proudly displaying her upside down satanic cross and doing demonic hand signs for all the Swifties to see. Ladies and gentlemen, our culture is absolute trash. And frankly, so is our economic situation. Jim Willie is back, golden-jackass.com. We have so much to talk about. I have a clip from Pedo Joe I want to play. I have a clip from Jerome Powell I want to play. And I have a clip from Robert Breedlove that I absolutely must play as we lay bare the facts about our decaying country. Jim, welcome back. How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. You know, nobody's doing really well, but I'm doing okay. And I'm, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm, I'm well fed and well rested. And for that, I'm grateful. I got to add a couple things regarding Taylor Swift. Uh, my sister said to me last night after the game, you know, Jim, she's been through a lot of men. <laughs> okay, fine. I noticed the only demonic evidence and symbol during the halftime was the uh, display of Maui football coaches oh, and various that. players, and most of them, most of them 
did not talk about or recognize that it was a laser hit. Jim, they called you, it the fire. You're so spot on. I just have to interrupt and say we were at a bar restaurant attached to a grocery store because we ran in to get some items for a little party we were having with family. And we saw that propaganda piece you're referring to about the Maui football team. And of course, they soft peddled it as they showed the destruction of those directed energy weapons. Was, and I, Jim, I couldn't contain myself. I, I was. Bar, I literally shouted yeah. so everybody could hear me. What a bunch of propagandist BS. Those were directed energy weapons. Yeah. And nobody knows. Nobody cares. Sean, it, it was five football teams that had coaches there. There are a bunch of kids and the kids, one after the other, showed the little demonic symbol. Every every one of them that I saw. Anyway, apart from that, the the singer, the music at halftime, it was free of symbols. It was just a lot of black musicians. They were very good. And the game did not seem to be rigged. Uh, I was rooting for San Francisco just because I have a strong dislike for Travis Kelsey of Kansas City, who was paid $20 million by Pfizer yep. and who took who took some criticism by the old uh, Green Bay Packer, Aaron Rodgers, who played, what, four minutes for the New York Jets. Rodgers, I think, was told, shut up, because he he was criticizing Pfizer, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey and called him a sellout. That was the word Rodgers, the Hall of Famer. Sell it. Okay. You know, th- we're, we're seeing a string of events. I remember vividly the Super Bowl in 2013 where they turned off the electricity so that Beyonce could not do her satanic show. Yeah. Okay. This was a – I think the powers that be, the White Hats, the White Alliance, whatever you want to call them, they've given warning. If you get out of hand, we're going to cut you off. If you get ridiculous in your halftime satanic bullshit, we're going to cut you off. And remember the 2016 London Summer Olympics, the closing ceremonies with hospital beds, babies thrown out of helicopters. Okay, that was a preview of of COVID. Mm -hmm. All right. You know, our culture is ridiculously sick, ridiculously lost. And I hope that it can be recovered. But I've been saying something, and I firmly believe it, a third of the U.S. population, it could be like 110 million people, are dumber than a rock and probably never can recover their mental and cognitive ability. I'm giving up on one-third of the United States. I think I appeal to one-third of the United States with the – the, the newsletter at Golden Hyphen Jackass, I call it the hat trick letter because there are three things that are you know, the objectives. I appeal to one third of the Americans because I believe they're honest. They believe in the republic. They believe in, in an honest currency. They believe in an honest leadership. It's not bribed. They believe in, in no narcotics like NATO and Langley. My gosh, NATO is, is the end of NATO is for narcotics. Come on, wake up. Um, there's one third that can be swayed and I have not given up on them. Uh, I, I lost my college roommate, my favorite college roommate from Ohio state. And it was really kind of tough because we argued a year, a year, two years ago. 
And I told him, Bruce, if you keep following your doctor and keep getting these boosters because of a variant, yeah. my gosh, a variant. So you're going to be dead in less than a year. And he was dead in five months. Yeah. My favorite college roommate. And, and the, you know, the cognitive dissonance is alarming, Sean. His widow contacted, I, you know, when I think of widow, I think of like a 75-year-old lady. Well, she is 72 or three or four. Anyway, she's a very nice lady. She comes from the, the Vermont lineage of governors, and she's a smart lady, and she was my friend, and we socialized many times. I went up to Vermont 15 times to visit Bruce. It's a beautiful area, but it's loaded with, you know, grateful deadheads and liberal morons. Mm -hmm. And anyway, Julie said to me, here's your cognitive dissonance, then I'll drop it. She said, I know the medical profession, the medical sector is a horror story. I know it's a nightmare. I know they've done a lot of damage, but I'm really glad I got vaccinated and boosted. Oh, my God. Yeah. I I said, know. Look, man, you're absolutely right. Cognitive dissonance and total brainwashing has doomed about a third, maybe half of this population. And some people are waking up and I'll show you at least to some extent why we're going to turn our attention now to economics in the economy and the dollar and precious metals, maybe even a little bit of Bitcoin in this conversation. Thirty four trillion dollars in debt. Everybody knows what's up, right? Well, that's not true. A lot of people cannot point the finger squarely at the Federal Reserve and our out of control criminal government. It should be noted that eight trillion dollars USD has been counterfeited since 2020. And so, dear leader, this idiot in chief whose presidency has been an unmitigated disaster, says Kyle Becker, I couldn't agree more, had this to say about the out of control inflation situation. I don't know why they would ever let this man speak publicly anymore. And in fact, they really don't. But this is what appeared yesterday during the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. Okay, this idiot in chief who certainly has not stepped foot into a grocery store to buy his own groceries, probably in his entire lifetime, made this video without addressing the fact that we're thirty four trillion dollars in debt and it's never going to end. It's only going to get worse, which is probably why Bitcoin just hit fifty thousand dollars again today on its way to a new all time high. I have so much more to uh, show folks, including this clip from Jerome Powell. Now, Jim, I'm sure you've seen this one if you hadn't seen the shrinkflation one. This is the truth. But is the national debt a danger to the economy, in your view? In the long run, the U.S. is on an unsustainable fiscal path. The U.S. federal government is on an unsustainable fiscal path. And that just means that the debt is growing faster than the economy. I have the sense this worries you very much. Over the long run, of course it does. You know, we're effectively, we're borrowing from future generations. Okay. Let me be really clear. And I do have another clip to play, but I'm coming back to you, Jim. They're not borrowing from future generations. They are stealing from future generations. And they're stealing from this current generation, too, through the counterfeiting. Eight trillion has been counterfeited since 2020. Well, you know, you could focus on the counterfeit. I, I focus on monetization of debt. 
Um, the counterfeit is horrible, no doubt about it. And something like 60% or more of all the dollars in circulation have been uh, launched in the last few years, like three or four or five years. It's, these are ridiculous uh, notes on our U.S. government debt. Okay, Jerome Powell said something that was really quite blockheaded. Uh, he said that in the long run, this is a threat. Well, the long run, I believe, applies to this calendar year. The long run is now. The long run is the next few months. It's not a decade or two away. We've got $34 trillion in debt. We're running up re just recently, Sean. It's $10 billion a week. We're running at an annual rate of over $3 trillion in new debt. We've got a trillion in borrowing costs on an annual basis. But here's the kicker. To me, this is the most important part. We have to roll over and fund between 8 and 10 trillion this calendar year. Hey, Jerome Powell, you know this, and you did not mention this. That's not the long run. That's the current run. It's not even so much an intermediate risk. It is a short-term risk. I mean like a March crisis and like a June-July crisis. I found it quite interesting, Sean, that at Christmas and, and Jan early January, I was saying, I do not believe that we're going to get through June or July without a bond market crisis that could actually be the makings of a default. And remember what a default is. If they start redeeming on a large scale, high volume, a lot of treasury bonds held by foreigners, and they give them 65 cents on the dollar. That is a default. That's a haircut and a default. In the last five, six, seven years, we have lost the U.S. government. I'm still we. I'm still a U.S. citizen. I'm still a patriot. I'm still fighting for my country, fighting for the human species, fighting for my planet. In the last seven years, we've lost, the U.S. government has lost the confidence of foreign bondholders and the potential bond purchasers. As a result, we've had to abandon the 30-year bond and very little issuance of the 10-year bond. I call it bond. And they've resorted to seven-year, five-year, three-year, two-year, one-year in maturity. And there are a lot that is maturing. It's almost one-third of the entire U.S. government treasury bond in existence. A third of them. <clears throat> If you don't count the Treasury bills, we got $8 trillion to refund this year. If you count the very short term, we got almost $10 trillion to refund this year. We cannot fund these. We're seeing record volume of foreign selling of Treasuries. We're seeing chicanery. We're under the table, the U.S. Government Department of Treasuries, handing money to Brussels, Belgium, uh, Ireland, Cayman, uh, Norway, we're handing it to our friends, and they're buying treasuries, and I think they're coming back within 30 days to the U.S. Treasury and to the Fed, and I think out the back window to the Exchange Stabilization Fund. Rob Kirby was murdered over the ESF. He told me, I believe, Jim, it's got 15 to 20 trillion in it. I said, I think without any great information, I think it's five to 10 trillion. We talked about how the Exchange Stabilization Fund received its its influx 
from one out of four OPEC dollars coming back to the U.S. Treasury for help, for holding, for safekeeping, that's a tax. Okay, that's how they funded the ESF. Okay, that's a dangerous topic. Let me leave it alone. Rob Rob Kirby had a biweekly column in Moscow, and it was, I'm afraid, it got him killed. We cannot fund and roll over seven hundred billion a month. We have trouble with one hundred. Therefore, I believe by end of March we're going to see the markings of a very big credit crisis, and by June, July we're going to see, I think, the markings of a bond default. I didn't finish my point. A number of other really good analysts uh, started talking about June, July being breakdown point, breakdown. Uh, there, there are three or four that come to mind. I'd rather not mention them. Yeah, they're kind of competitors, but whatever. We're all in the same battle together, but um, there are a couple of them I don't like. They just happen to say the same thing I did. And I thought, well, that's interesting because I didn't get affected. I wasn't pushed. I wasn't influenced by their analysis. I Actually, there are a few top analysts who I re- read very sparingly because I don't want to piggyback their work. But there, there are times when Tom Luongo will, will <laughs> go off and, and make some great analytic points and I pick up on them and I second some of them and I learn from others and it's it's really quite a good experience. Sean, we're not going to make it to November and I don't know that we're going to get past July without a bond crisis that looks a lot like a default. They're never going to say default. Never. They're going to call it a crisis. They're going to call it a lot of strain. They're going to try to print their money out of it. But, you know, Printing, <clears throat> printing money to get out of a bond problem, bond crisis, is going to cause another round of very powerful price inflation. Now, that moron in chief, he, he, he's a fool, and I don't waste my time watching him much. I, I saw, okay, I, get, I just got really good intel, uh, another intel drop from a guy I call Florida Wingman. Uh, we talked over the weekend. He said, Jim, I got a new contact in addition to my other contacts at CENTCOM in Tampa. And this guy is a, a retired U.S. Army Ranger. And the Ranger told him that there are a couple of things that are very important. There are 18 known men now to wear the Biden mask. 18 men. <laughs> and another thing is they have developed the technology from MKUltra and, and beyond where they can send messages two human beings and it enters their skull and yeah, it enters consciousness. That's voice to skull technology. It does exist. And uh, yes. by the way, I'm not going to go off on a tangent here with that whole MH370 investigation, but there is technology that exists that looks alien to us because it is so advanced. This is my opinion. It's not even an opinion at this point. I mean, Nikola Tesla hidden technology, just one of many examples, MH370 superconductor technology, perhaps another uh, example. But what I want to do for the audience is just get back to the basics. And, you know, I follow this stuff and sometimes it's hard for me to track everything. So I try to keep it simple, right? K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Every time I've tried to educate my peeps about the escape pod that is Bitcoin, I've been met with resistance and ignorance going all the way back to 2015 when I bought my first two Bitcoin at $355 each. Peter Schiff's decade-long nonstop Bitcoin bashing has cost many among my audience fortunes, which I think is sad. Why am I bringing up Bitcoin? 
Well, because I think Robert Breedlove is one of the sharpest guys in the Bitcoin space. And here's what he has to say about the counterfeiting of our money. 2008, $700 billion. 2020's $6 trillion. It is exponentially more systemic theft each time. Like, there's no reason to think that would ever end. Because again, they profit from the print, right? This Keynesian economic mentality is that you can spur consumption with the printing of money. To get people to not save, to not hoard their money, we need them to spend the money. It needs to keep moving. But the exact opposite is what's true. In economic reality, you have to produce before you consume. Savings is what underpins investment. Investment is what underpins and supports entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is what creates good and useful tools and services and increases in productivity. And the idea that inflation is necessary for a healthy economy is easily destroyed if you just look at what became money on the free market historically, which was gold. Gold was the most inflation-resistant commodity in the global marketplace. All right. And I would say silver is still the most tangible, undervalued asset on planet Earth. I'm coming back to you, Jim. How in the world, when we live in a country where the cultures become trash, case in point, that Taylor Swift clip I led with, how in the world could it be that this criminal stinking government continues to issue debt? And here's the math. $10 in new debt gets them $1 of growth. It's counterfeiting and it's waking up the plebs, man. People are pissed off and they're fed up. And that's why Bitcoin, I think that's why Bitcoin is attracting so much new money. By the way, as we're having this conversation today, because of the BlackRock, Fidelity, ARK Investments, ETFs, there's 10 new ones, Bitcoin ETFs. Today alone, as we're having this conversation, February 12th, $500 million in inflows into those ETFs, into Bitcoin. People are fed up, man. They want out of the dollar, Jim. It It is... What I regard to be the official underground alternative currency, the official underground global currency, underground, and, and it's not going to go away. As long as you got corrupt money, you're going to have resistance and you're going to have usage of an alternative. And, and there's a lot. I, I had a big educational experience two years ago when a, an Asian Pacific Rim client of mine said, Jim, we need to talk. It's Christmas. We, we got our hair let down. Let, let's talk for an hour. I want to teach you some things. And he taught me a lot about Bitcoin. He taught me a lot about some of the smaller crypto coins, the, you know, the tokens. And uh, he said there's a tremendous amount. It's in the billions each month of movement of money by way of Bitcoin and by way of these minuscule minuscule priced uh, tokens. For instance, Shiba Inu, they, they ramped it up a hundredfold and they moved a lot of money. They paid off a debt internationally, went across continents, and then they removed some of the intellectual property and, and deflated it again. And all this time, it went up a hundredfold. It was still way under a penny and under the radar. The point is, there's a lot of money that wants to move around and does not want the dollar Uber lords watching, taxing, attacking, and shutting it down. So you're not gonna you're not gonna have a world without an underworld uh, official and somewhat legitimate coin. But I, I'm concerned that they're you know still ninety percent of the volume is controlled by something like ten people. I'm always concerned about individual. Uh, dominance in, in that market, but I'm not 
a big Bitcoin expert. No. Um, and you know what? I take heat. That's why I tweeted that. I take heat and I've taken heat every time I bring up Bitcoin since 2015. And, and to be honest with you, I was wrong about Bitcoin adoption early on. You know who was right? Guys like um, Andy Hoffman, who I had on. And we'd go head to head on the thing because I thought it was a psyop. But this is the point I wanted to make in that tweet. Guys like Peter Schiff, who continue to rant like an old man blowing in the wind that Bitcoin's a joke, it's a bubble, whatever, despite the hash rate being so off the charts that it is now the most secure computing network on planet Earth. Peter Schiff has cost many people in my audience and his own fortunes. But here's the real question. When this criminal stinking government issues $10 in new debt and gets $1 worth of growth and people want out of the dollar, help us understand when, when on earth, because I really feel like the minute I start selling my silver out of frustration is the minute it goes north of a hundred because it should be at two, three, four, five hundred an ounce today, 22, $23 ounce silver. Give me a freaking break, man. I agree with you completely. Um, when you're talking about the extra Debt, the, the marginal volume of debt and the production of economic output, you're, you're dealing with an economy in reverse. We are actually, Sean, and, and this, this bothers some people and they find it perplexing. We are in the third or fourth year of a hyperinflationary depression. Guys, apologies for this real quick break in a word about our sponsor. I'm going to say this one more time. Germs are not the cause of disease, but the symptoms of cellular breakdown and the causative factors today that we're dealing with worldwide is chemical and radiation poisoning. This could be an antidote. That's what I'm going to say. This could be an antidote to chemical and radiation poisoning. That was Dr. Robert Young. And what he's talking about is the groundbreaking holistic supplement masterpiece. In scientific studies, this product is proving to remove graphene oxide from both the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. And yes, we're all being transfected. The graphene is now in most all of us. So click on the link below and get masterpiece today. Five drops twice a day is all you need to change your life dramatically for the better. The link to masterpiece is below. We are in the third or fourth year of a hyperinflationary depression. We got heavy-duty price inflation, products, services, commodities, you name it, insurance, electricity, uh, fuel, diesel. We got hyperinflation. Now, let me get to the depression part, and this is not complicated. People need to wake up. If you look at the actual price inflation in the last four years, it's been running somewhere between 13 and 18% per year. We've been reporting it with a 7% error that is rather consistent. That 7% error. We're under-reporting the CPI by 7%. Now, if you take the nominal GDP, which is the economic output, and they, they conduct their own routine fraudulent uh, adjustment for inflation, they use something that's even lower than the CPI. It's called the, uh, the deflator. Uh, the deflator index. That's what they use instead of inflation because they nobody follows that so they can make it even lower and, and downplay inflation even more without you even recognizing it. The error in the GDP estimate is 7% almost every year. So when if we say we got 2% growth, it's really minus 5 
recession. If we say we have only 1% growth, we have 6% recession. If we say we have a 1% recession, we really have an 8% recession. We have a gigantic depression and it's multi-year. They're printing money and I focus on something that's a little esoteric. I focus on something called money velocity. Okay, you can look at the money supply, and, and, and that's very informative. And by the way, the money supply was very tightly correlated with the gold price until 9-11. After 9-11, they used the extra money in order to short the gold market. They brought out GLD. They brought out SLV, two fraudulent uh, ETFs. <clears throat> they don't invest in gold. They don't invest in silver. They invest in shorting the gold and silver markets for all the fools and, and the gullible people who march their money into it. The point is the money velocity has gone way down, which means you can pump in new money and it's really pushing on a string. It's a very strange concept, but I mean, what happens if you push on a string? It's not like you push on a nail, a spike. You push on a spike, it'll go through your skin. You push on a spike, you can make a, a big dent in your desk. If you push on a string, nothing much happens. That was a Greenspan term, might have been Volcker term. I don't know. I don't care. But we're not getting the result of extra money pushed into the economy. And, and you know, I just read a report last week that said almost all, like over 90% of the economic increase in activity output was from the government. Okay, and this is really sickening. And here's something even worse. A good portion of the economic output from the government is sustaining and funding the unvetted Ill illegal immigrants. Okay, this is costing like 30 billion. I don't know whether it's 30 billion a month or 30 billion a quarter, but it's costing a shitload of money. I got a quick couple stories to tell you about the unvetted immigrants. One was from a Los Angeles client who said, Jim, my Salvadoran gardener was taken away and deported back to El Salvador. His wife called me up to pick up his tools, and she and her friends were going back to Salvador. And the lady asked her Salvadoran wife, the, the wife of the gardener, what else can you tell me? And she said, Donald Trump, Team Trump, has hired several thousand Salvadoran army regulars to come into the country and, and to capture and deport unvetted immigrants. And this has been going on for some time. Whoa, that's one story. Another one was the Los Angeles. Oh, they were both Los Angeles. This was a, a, a client who had uh, ownership of an Airbnb apartment building, not real big. And he walked in on his tenants and they were three different migrants from Latin America. And he immediately noticed a crate, you know, like a foot and a half high, two feet by three feet, loaded with pistols, loaded with ammunition. And the, the migrant said, you can't come in here. And he said, hey, I got news for you. I'm the landlord. This is the United States. I, I can walk right in. Besides, I knocked. They're arming with crates, waiting for the immigrants to arrive at their destination apartment and and hotels and whatever it's gotten way out of control they're now occupying new york city public schools and the public schools are having teaching from home the immigrants are occupying new york city hotels 
and New York City public schools. We're in the middle of an invasion, and my hat goes off. Credit goes to the Texans, who are resisting. Governor Abbott, who has not been a shining star, Sean. No. But Texas is resisting, and I think it's going to result in a threat for secession. Because I got a, a long email from a guy out of Texas. He said, Jim, I need to tell you these 10 things about Texas. I've been in Texas all my life. I'm a loyal Texan. I'm sick of what's going on. He said to me there was a there was a movement, an initiative with signatures in Texas. It had to get something like 600,000. They got a million point five. About 300,000 were tossed out because they were supposedly, you know, computer generated signatures, uh, you know, online signature submission. Anyway, it got dragged out. They slow walked it. And then some legislator in Texas gave the argument that uh, you didn't make it on time. All right. So he slow walked it. And then he said, you didn't have sufficient number of signatures. Well, they did. Okay. So there is going to be a gradual uprising of the people against their own legislature in Texas. They want on the ballot, a secession. I don't know what you call it. Referendum. And According to the polls, it'll get like 80% approval. This Texas migrant issue is going to result in a threat for secession. And people need to understand how do you pronounce this damn word. It is not succession. They're not succeeding anything. They're seceding. It's secession. Secession. Abandoning the union. And Texas being the only state that used to be a country before it was inducted and included into the United States Union. They have the balls. They're going to move toward gold as legal tender. They're going to shut the border down. And by the way, the border is enormous. The border goes on and on and on all the way to El Paso. They call it Eagle Pass. There's another one they call something port like Port City. Okay, There are miles and miles and miles of unprotected border well, without me, barbed wire, without walls. Yeah. And let me just interject. So what's happening in Texas, you know, publicly with the Eagle Pass conversation in the video cameras down there and uh, Patriots going down there and the truckers going down there, convoy going down there to try to shore up the border. The reality is a half mile away, the border's still wide open, a half mile away from all eyes on Eagle Pass. But here's the thing. I want people to understand. I know my audience does. Please spread this far and wide. Wake up the normies. We are being invaded by UN troops. We are being invaded by Chinese troops. I've got some information I want to share. It's on my phone. I won't tell you who sent me this until I can vet it out. But this person said this. My Canadian friend told me about dozens and dozens of fighting age men arriving in unmarked large planes near the U.S. border, having deplaned, carrying only backpacks, then ushered into unmarked buses. All right. So in addition to that, I just saw a video last night of a sheriff saying the sheriffs around the country and police chiefs around the country have been briefed by Christopher Ray at the FBI, who told them there are more red flags right now. There are more signals intelligence of something terrible happening than there were prior to 9-11. So this is the FBI telling sheriffs and police chiefs, get ready. Terror is coming to our homeland because of the Biden invasion. The man is a total traitor, but so are the rhinos, Jim. The rhinos are traitors as well. 
the rhinos rhinos were responsible in texas for blocking the referendum from getting onto the ballot in texas regarding secession okay there's a whole lot more going on with this i've got some intel from my i got i got two colleagues who are kind of my researchers who supply me information on various things you know one one guy gave me a lot of information two years ago about vaccine and mrna and you know deficiency immune deficiency and all the different various things now i'm getting information about the the migrants and last year i got information about ukraine from them really good solid information steadily every single week one in four of the migrants crossing texas are chinese Okay, we're being invaded. It's not Latinos. These are not poor Latino looking for a better life. Not at all. And, and the Soros Foundation is now run by Alex Soros, the son. And he's got a lot of protection and a lot of influence with the U.S. government and the Biden show and various, you know, like uh, Department of Justice officials. He bought them all off. Okay, what we need to do is put an arrest warrant for crimes against humanity for Alex Soros and make it a death arrest warrant. Hunt to kill. Bounty on his head. We need to have sacked their bank accounts. And, you know, a very big development, Sean, I don't want to run out of time without covering this somewhat, but Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan, by all indications, and this needs to have a follow-up, I understand that. We need to you call it vetting. I, I call it confirming, you know, from, you know, I was at Staples. I had a great manager. He, he was a, a doctorate in statistics, but in social science, demographic statistics. And he taught me something. He said, you want to prove something? Get it from three angles. Get it from three angles or three people that's not the same source. So I'm working on this. But it looks by all indications like Jamie Dimon went to Davos to tell them that their game is over, that they cannot restore. Remember, the Davos had a theme of restoring confidence. You can't restore confidence after a failed global genocide event and after an illicit uh, economic lockdown that ruined a great deal of the small business sector. You cannot restore confidence. But what happened in a nutshell Sean, and, and this this is coming out in in more than small drips. J.P. Morgan has been implicated in managing the Epstein enterprise. I mean, all the different things that they did. Extortion, bribery, travel, real estate, you name it. J.P. Morgan managed their funds. So they managed the child trafficking. They managed the funding. They managed all the different bribery toward silence for speaking, control of judges, senators, politicians, whatever, congressmen. Okay, so they got J.P. Morgan on crimes against humanity regarding Epstein. And I'm talking about Epstein Island. And we don't really know what Trump did for years at Epstein Manhattan. Okay, I think there's some, they got some leverage on Trump. I'd rather not get caught up in that, but I just want to mention that. The second thing they got J.P. Morgan on was something called Data Core, which is a database regarding military weapons, procurement, sales, and that included military general bribery with the Chinese Communist Party. That's treason. 
And during this entire period of time when the Epstein Enterprises were being banked by J.P. Morgan and the data core and the banking regarding all the bribery was done by J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon was CEO. They gave Jamie Dimon, I believe, an alternative, a choice. You can work with the White Hats or we will shut down your bank and execute you and most of your vice presidents for treason and child child-related crime, crimes against humanity. Now, can I just interject? Like, there's no possible way you could know that. That's just your gut feeling, because you've said two important things here, which, and I'll quote you, that I think are spot on. Bitcoin is the official underground global currency. That's a quote from you in this interview. And we are in a hyperinflationary depression, which will probably be the title of this video. That's not fear-mongering. That's just the truth. And whether or not what you just said about Jamie Dimon is fact I want to share this fact with the audience. The world is waking up to the dollar and the weaponization of the dollar. And once that curtain is pulled back and you can see the men behind the curtain at the Federal Reserve and, of course, central banks across the world, Rothschild central banks, don't get me wrong. It's not just the dollar. The dollar is the best of the worst, but they're all horrible. And here's what Putin has to say about the grave mistake of weaponizing the dollar. To use the dollar as a tool of foreign policy struggle is one of the biggest strategic mistakes made by the U.S. political leadership. The dollar is the cornerstone of the United States' power, but they won't stop printing. What does the debt of $33 trillion tell us about? As soon as the political leadership decided to use the U.S. dollar as a tool of political struggle, a blow was dealt to this American power. I would not like to use any strong language, but it is a stupid thing to do and a grave mistake. It is a stupid thing to do and a grave mistake, but I don't think it could possibly be just malfeasance. It was done on purpose as part of the Great Reset. They want to bring us to our knees so that we'll own nothing and we'll be controllable for the rest of human history. I believe that is the actual goal. Well, there's another side to that, Sean, and I don't disagree at all, but there's an act of desperation. They they ran out of time in late late 2019. They ran out of time. The repo window blew up. And that was a kind of an emergency window to use treasuries as collateral and to borrow money because the Wall Street banks are in big trouble. Okay, that's the layman's explanation of the repo window. They ran out of time. And two months after, three months after the repo window blew up, we had the arrival of the fake pandemic. Okay, now, two years after that, we had trouble at the L.A. ports, Long Beach, L.A. It's like an eight mile expanse. Um, and I got good information. I did a consult call with a, with a guy who was at the logistics office there. A lot of information. A refusal of the Treasury bill. Two months later, U- Ukraine was a war zone. Okay? You're seeing acts of desperation. They don't have the ability to run the economy, so they print money in order to you know, flush it into the system and hope for the best. And it's extraordinarily inefficient. I remember six or eight years ago, it was like three to one, four to one, five to one. Now it's eight to one, nine to one, ten to one for the amount of debt necessary to produce one unit of economic output. Um, we're seeing desperation, Sean, and, and we're these are not normal times. Uh, they're they're print. Why do they continue with the Ukraine war? They want, they have some kind of an objective for the the nation, the land, but one in three dollars 
for Ukraine's support is being hijacked and sent to Davos for the Uber lords. Of course I can't prove it. Of course I cannot prove it. But back in April of last year, when the Russians announced that they overran the money laundering in Ukraine and, and wiped out a good portion, a large, large part, portion of the function for money laundering in Ukraine, I made a weird forecast. I said within two or three months, we're going to see Credit Suisse enter failure. And it happened in June. I got it right. And my reasoning was that a lot of money laundering went into Credit Suisse, whereas UBS was involved more in wealth fund management, managing somebody's you know, $200 million account they wanted a good return on. That's not the same as money laundering. That's wealth management. So you got UBS, you got Julius Barr, and you got one other, I can't think of it, uh, that's involved in that on, at the global scale. Okay. We, we have extraordinary events right now. We have a collapse in money velocity. We have a collapse in the bond market regarding mortgages and, and commercial property, residential and commercial. I'm, I'm expecting another 20% decline in property prices, starting with residential, probably a bigger decline in commercial property. But I got to tell you. Well, can I interrupt? Dabo- just so people understand, though, just you might have the numbers in front of you. I'm going off memory. The collapse in commercial real estate around this country since the COVID lockdowns cannot be overstated. It is an absolute collapse. We are seeing in some cases buildings in major American cities selling for pennies on the dollar. I mean, literally buildings that sold maybe for, say, $70 million just 10 years ago are now being sold off for like $16 million in fire sales. It is a disaster. Sean, and the banks it, are highly leveraged. The bank's balance sheets require that these assets don't the, implode. The banks are confiscating the title and the keys. I've got a story, a client in Texas. He's got a good friend in a major Midwest city. He was one of four people. This is a personal story. And and the guy asked me, Jim, do you have anyone who could lend $100 million so they could roll over their commercial mortgage? Because there are four men with this major, like, like you know, Illinois, uh, uh, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, that whole area, there's a major property, and it's worth $200 million. And, and this guy's friend had one quarter. He had $50 million. And I pointed out some a, a Texas, a contact in Texas said, Jim, give him this guy's name. It's, it's a gas and electric Texas billionaire. He might be able to help out. It was too late. They lost it. Sean, it's worse than selling for pennies on the dollar. The banks are confiscating. The banks are colluding among themselves not to roll over. If you don't roll over on that property, we won't roll over on that property. And the bank confiscate. They're not buying for pennies and selling for pennies on the dollar. They're confiscating. Yeah, well, can I say one other thing? Let me just interject. Boy, I like talking to you. Listen to this. You sparked a thought. We went out to dinner this past Friday night and ran into three people we knew and had a great conversation. And the one gal told us we were talking about housing costs soaring, property taxes soaring, inflation soaring. So amongst the three people we knew, there was another gal we didn't know to whom we were introduced. And she's a younger gal. She's 28. And she was saying that it is impossible to buy a house anymore for people her age. She doesn't see a time when she'll ever be able to buy a house again. And she told us about a new neighborhood that had just sprung up. I didn't know about this. There's new neighborhoods, residential neighborhoods going up all over the place 
you know, in the area we live in. And she said, they're all brand new homes, but none of them are for purchase. They can only be rented single family homes and you can only rent them. You can't buy them. This is the BlackRock model. And as you well know, Jim, who is the largest buyer of single family homes the past couple of years? BlackRock. Oh, it started right after Lehman. I remember BlackRock was in the news in 2010, 11, and 12, and their model was built in Arizona. And they, they, it was successful, so they, they basically branded it for the whole country. Um, I just got an email last week from a friend of mine in Atlanta, and he said, Jim, my electric bill is triple from three years ago. My internet bill is double from three years ago. My gas bill, natural gas, is double, triple what it was three years ago. They're trying to drive us out of our homes, and I said, so that BlackRock can buy them. Okay, I got to get back to this this war. There's a war going on between U.S. and European bankers. Uh, Janet Yellen made forbidden and an obstacle for all euro dollars, which are treasuries held in European banks. They're not valid for deposits in the United States. That's a declaration of war. BlackRock is funded by Europeans and mostly narco money. They're, they're, making, they're doing money laundering and making legitimate investments in the form of Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Tesla. It's narcotics money coming in. It's also going into BlackRock. So narcotics money is buying up the S&P 500 with BlackRock, and they're buying up residential property. This is not going to end well. We need to confiscate and shut down BlackRock, and I don't know how you do that. Yeah, I don't know how you do that (laughs) either when a lot of people joke, Jim, that uh, BlackRock is the government. And it really is kind of true. BlackRock, I believe, is Rothschild, Rockefeller, and all that uh, European you know, blood money, all that banking money. Well, it's not just European, is it? But Rothschild, Rockefeller, BlackRock, BlackRock is the government at this point. I think it is. Uh, I got to say that there is an international boycott against the dollar. They're not using treasury bills for payment in the United States. We're using crude oil. Remember the strategic petroleum reserve got drained and it went to China? That was so that we could ship in China, Chinese products. We're using crude oil for hard asset payment. And we're also using gold. And we're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. We're, we're making payments in gold on a small scale and payments in crude oil in a large scale. The LNG ban by Biden hurt Texas. It was, it was a, a vengeful act. But it, it's also designed to raise the price of LNG, raise the price of natural gas so that they can make more money. It is a betrayal of Germany. And with all the protests, it is all across Europe. It's like 10 nations. They're going to bring down the Schultz regime in Germany. They're going to bring down the Macron regime in France. They're going to bring down, I don't even know who's the leader, Rutke or whatever in in, uh, the Netherlands. They're going to bring them down. They're going to bring them down. This is going to be an international revolt. But during all this, there's a dollar revolt. They don't want the dollar. They're they're discharging their central bank and, you know, like monarchy, sovereign wealth funds. They're discharging treasury bonds. They're buying gold. And the Operation Sandman uh, is not going to happen. That's a two-day period to dump $2 trillion in treasury bonds. Not going to happen. It could be two years. And just take a look at what happened in Japan. They tried that, and they got a 25% decline in their currency. Okay, sign up for the Hetrick Letter, and you can learn about the, the paradox 
of the rising dollar in the supernova as it is being rejected. And if that sounds backwards, you need to sign up and learn more about it because it is happening. It happened to Japan. Everybody's watching. Japan has been de-dollarizing and they lost 25% on their currency, which means Toyota cars that you buy result in no profit back in Japan. Unbelievable. If you guys want to get the hat trick letter, well, sign up over here and support Jim at golden-jackass.com. You know, for those of you who are really confused about some of this stuff and you have some assets and you want to talk to somebody, consult with somebody like Jim, we can do that too with the blue consulting tab. And of course, if anybody wants to just send Jim a thank you, send him five or 10 bucks through the donate <laughs> tab. And for those of you who have a lot of that Bitcoin money, maybe you want to send him a little bit more. Our guest has been the one and only Jim Willie, the website golden-jackass.com. Jim, we appreciate you, man. We've known each other a long time. And uh, hang in there, would you? Hang in there. Because you know, we we got to hang in there or we will certainly all hang separately, right? Well, we got to hang in there so we can get to the other side and and still be alive and well and and flourish. That's my goal. And and it's getting it's getting rough. Uh, I'm not I'm not a young man anymore. (laughs) No. No, but you're looking good. You're looking good. Hang in there. We're going to post the link to your website below. And I certainly hope that people will make the trip over to Hat Trick Letter and golden-jackass.com. Say hi to Jim. And for those of you who are well-heeled, send him a thank you. Hit that donate button. Jim, thank you. And until next time, God bless. All right. Thanks, Sean. Bye now. Thank you. All right. No problem. We appreciate you. Guys, if you're still with us, thank you so very much for tuning in. And I'll remind you every single day for free, hit us up for free for the antidote to corporate propaganda in all of those central banking, Rothschild, Mockingbird mainstream media lies at sgtreport.com. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. Democracies are the tyranny of the majority. That's what we're seeing under Biden. Biden has shown us the tyranny of one-party control, and that is what a simple democracy majority is. 51%, you control everything.